Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Wijan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and is also proudly a member of the the Pigskin Podcast Network, TPPN. (sighs) Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today, or maybe. It's kind of a pleasure, but it's also, it's just it's just the same empty feeling. The Minnesota Vikings have been eliminated from the postseason, defeated in the first round. 13-4 <laughs> season, ending just like that. 31-24 to to the New York Giants. It sucks. Oh, God, it sucks. Maybe next time we should have wore all white again. I mean, just just should have stuck with the white out, I guess, since the the purple out failed miserably. Uh, the white out, well, it wasn't that great of a game. The Vikings didn't play that well in the game. It felt like we were just kind of screwing around and and but just hanging in there. It felt most of the way the Vikings were going to win that game. Well, then again, kind of, kind of yes, kind of no. It was kind of a back and forth, and thankfully the Vikings escaped that one. This one, it felt like the whole game kind of sort of. The Vikings were just. You know, they were behind. They were playing catch-up. And it just felt like, again, with this bleeping defense, there's nothing you can do. You know, it was like Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines in past playoff games yelling at his defense saying, get a stop, get a stop. And I could just imagine Kirk Cousins doing that. But I, I don't know. There really isn't a single aspect in this game that I'm not irritated with and frustrated with at this moment. And you come out with the same empty feeling we've had, some of us since 92 uh, in my case, I could have been, I mean, I started the first couple of games I ever watched go back to 87. Um, I could probably even go back further if I wanted to, but I wish I did. But 87 is when sports kind of came in my life with the uh, 87 Twins. <clears throat> but foot, football to me, I, I don't know, it didn't appeal to me right away. I wish it did. It kind of did, but then it just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get into it as much. I was more of a baseball guy. And then, you know, this this hockey team called the North Stars. Wow, that was a lot of fun. And then this brand new team called the Timberwolves in 1989. Ooh, okay. You know what? Why am I not watching football? What am I doing? You know, this Joe Montana guy on San Francisco? Holy crap, he's incredible. Why am I not watching the 49ers win Super Bowls and stuff? Boy, am I missing out. The, the Vikings, yeah, I mean, maybe this is going to be the year. They got this new coach named Dennis Green, and maybe the, maybe he's going to be the one that will end the, the drought and everything. And here we are, 30 you know, about 30, 30 years later, and the same empty feeling I had 30 years ago, right around this time, uh, when the Vikings got defeated by the Washington Redskins in the first round. It's just all too familiar. All too familiar. That should probably be the title of this episode, because it's all too familiar. You know, a very promising season, the 92 Vikings, very promising season. Not great. 11-5 and five is okay, but it's similar in terms of we were the third seed. You got to play San Francisco or Dallas in the next round. Back then, there were two buys. Um, San Francisco or Dallas would have been a very difficult uh, team to beat. Being the number three seed, it would have been the Dallas Cowboys. You know, nowadays, it's not necessarily the case because the number two seed has to play in the first round, which is kind of mean. I, it's it's mean. It just is. No, it's because they want their super wild card so they could get more money. That's all. That's all it is. They, they don't they don't make enough money. You know, they don't make enough money. The NFL. You know, they got to add an extra game and screw around and then have a Monday night game. So. Purple Mafia can't record his podcast and get it done on Sunday night. Yeah, he just can't do that. It's against the rules. we got to wait till flipping, like, <laughs> I mean, at least Monday morning to record it. But, no, we got to wait till flipping Tuesday morning to 
completely finish it. Of course, at the time I'm recording this is not long after the Vikings loss to the New York Giants and they're all purple uniforms. Um, but no, I mean, I like to have everything covered. So I know I probably should just say screw it. It's just the Cowboys and Bucks. But no, that could be a very pivotal game going through the postseason. It could be. Chances are they're both going to be dead by next week. But, you know, obviously one, one team is going to be dead just like us. Um, tomorrow, but you get the idea. Chances are, but you never know. Maybe Brady goes on another miracle run or something. Um, but all aspects of this game today were insanely frustrating. The offense kept sputtering. Um, the pass protection on Cousins, or excuse me, yeah, on Cousins, was not that bad. He got sacked zero times today. So we can't really blame the offensive line. They weren't that bad. Um, yeah, there was a stupid... Uh, holding penalty on uh, Garrett Bradbury that helped, uh, that helped you know, screw up a drive. But then again, no, no. <laughs> he, he, he got beat anyway on the drive that forced Cousins to throw the ball away. So no, that wasn't even an official penalty. It was declined. Uh, you, can't bra- you can't blame Greg Joseph. He made the one field goal they got to take. Uh, made all three of his extra points. And of course, the Giants kicker, Graham Gano, didn't miss anything because, because kickers never miss against the Vikings, especially in the playoffs. But they just, they never miss. Just seems like it, doesn't it? Uh, Daniel Jones looked like Michael Vick and Steve Young. Maybe more like Steve Young in terms of the mobility, the accuracy, and all that. Kind of like a Steve Young type of game today for Daniel Jones. But you could go either way. Uh, Daniel Jones doesn't have the rifle arm that uh, Michael Vick had, and he's not as fast, per se, as uh, Michael Vick either. But, you know, solid accuracy and still very insanely mobile. He looked at least like, yeah, he looked like Steve Young, we'll say. That's probably a better comparison in today's game. Um, they had him rush them being the Giants 17 times in the game because, well, there were several little short yardage uh, conversions that he needed to make, and he got every single one of them for the most part. At least it certainly felt like it. Uh, the run tackling was pathetic. Uh, time and time again, the Vikings would have a chance for a TFL. The tackle was missed. Next thing you know, the, whoever it was, be it Saquon Barkley, Breda, uh, or whoever would get a short yardage gain and get a first down. Uh, the pass protection was the same old story. Uh, he caught the ball. Oh, and then we made the tackle. He caught the ball, and then we made the tackle. Um, so it was all just all too familiar. Kirk Cousins was a bit more fidgety and ended up having some horrible check down, uh, had a horrible check down that ended the game. Um, TJ Hawkinson, I can understand him being a nookie blanky per se for uh, Kirk Cousins, and he has been a giant killer for the most part, T.J. Hawkinson has found phenomenal, two phenomenal games against the uh, New York Giants this season. The whiteout and the purple out. The purple ended up being a poop out at the end of the day. So I don't want the all-purple uniforms against the Giants ever again in a playoff game. That's done. Let's go with the whiteout again. Because, well, we made a 61-yard field goal and escaped by the skin of our teeth. Whatever skin of teeth is. That's why, that's why that phrase exists. Uh, Kirk Cousins' statistics were nice. His accuracy was real good. He started real sharp. Vikings' first drive was real nice. It wasn't necessarily all that creative, but it was good. It was aggressive. It was kind of going through the throat, for the throat. After that, well, when it, the defense literally could not make a stop. They just couldn't do it. Um, it, it was illegal. The Vikings' defense was criminally terrible today, uh, time and time again. And giving up 31 points, it could have easily been like 50. Like, imagine if the Vikings were playing the Chiefs or something. It, it would have. That's what. That's what the fear would have been. The Vikings make a miracle run to the Super Bowl, and then there are the Chiefs waiting for us, and then it's 51 to 12 or something utterly depressing, and we're all just in our same empty feeling we're at now. It would have just been a little bit more painful because we got all the way to the Super Bowl. 
Um, yet in some ways it would have felt a little more accomplished that at least you got there, yeah, whatever. Um, there would have been that. But this just, I don't know, it's all too familiar. I, that's the only thing I can say about this game, all too familiar. That's the same phrase. 9-7 and seven Washington Redskins, which is what they were back in 92. 11-5 Vikings. Oh, no, 13-4 and four Vikings. Yeah, 11 uh, 11 uh, one-score uh, wins, 11-0 and 0 in, in one-score games. Well, this is a one-score game, and the Vikings lost. What more is there to say? A one-score game, and the Vikings lost. The first bleeping round in the playoffs at home, a quarterback that's, you know, he's okay, but his career high for passing yards was this season, 3,200. His career high for touchdowns, 15. 15? I mean, that's like, yeah, that's like just Mark Rippian or something. Lottie freaking da. Uh, the five interceptions, that's good. You know, protecting the ball, all that cute stuff. He's, a, he's literally a game manager. He is. Um, with a little extra special skill in terms of being able to run the ball. A little mobility. Um, the play calling was flipping. Well, here we go. I, I'm going to give the Minnesota Twins manager, Rocco Baldelli, his thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings, uh, basically their, their play calling the rest of the game. It's fucking awful. 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 In every possible way. Okay, maybe there was a halfway decent play here and there. But generally speaking, particularly in, you know, in, in the big moments when we needed the, the plays and all that, the creativity just wasn't there. And then the check down, the fatal check down, which ended the game to TJ Hawkinson, which like, he had no chance on God's green earth to get that first down. What was it, like fourth and eight? And you complete the ball like three yards or something? He had no chance whatsoever to get that first down. Impossible. Um, TJ Hawkinson's not breaking tackles. TJ Hawkinson's not blowing by people. <laughs> he, he made the catch. We appreciate it. But it was almost like, uh, again, it wouldn't. It would not have been better if he dropped it because, well, the game would have been over there as well. All the Giants had to do was kneel at that point, and that's exactly what they did. They knelt, and all that ultimately did was hurt. Uh, what's his name's uh, uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones's uh, yards per carry? That's all that accomplished. So he actually ran the ball like I don't know how many times. Um, Fifteen actually, officially, but seventeen brings it up to uh, the two kneel downs that he had. So that all that did was just hurt Daniel Jones' yard, uh, yards per carry. So. 301 yards, a couple TDs, and the interception was never there. There was no turnover for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, thankfully, the Vikings didn't turn the ball over either. So, very interesting in that sense. Again, no sacks by the Giants' defense, which is known for a pass rush, but they don't get a lot of sacks, like I talked about in the preview last week, which I thought would have helped the Vikings' chances in this game to at least get out of the first round. Um, <clears throat> they're a player, uh, but this team is going to say goodbye to a lot of people. There's no doubt about it. Not because, oh my God, it's the worst team ever. We need to clean house. It's not because of that. But it's because, well, they're, they're just certain players got to go. They're too expensive and they're not that good anymore. A certain defensive coordinator. They're, if he comes back, it would be the craziest thing in the history of the world. In fact, it'd be the dumbest thing ever too. So bringing back Ed Donatel would be like, like uh, trusting people that ask you for money and tell you they're going to pay you back. And it's like the fifth time now that they've completely uh, lied about everything, including what they were going to use the money for, and uh, <clears throat> never did pay you back and had no plans to. Uh, oh, oh I, I, I mean it this time. I really do. I'm so sorry for my mistakes. So uh, can, can I borrow the money again? Can I please? I really need it. I, I really need it. Yeah. And then it's like, get the hell out of here. That's pretty much what it's like. 
if you were to bring back Ed Donatale. That's about what it would feel like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good luck. Uh, obviously, a nice, illustrious career as a defensive backs coach and other positions. But obviously, as a defensive coordinator, he's not been nearly as successful. Um, had one of the most infamous long fourth downs given up in the history of football. I believe he was fired like that week or something. It was kind of sad and true. I think it was a playoff game, right? It was it was pathetic, like fourth and thirty-eight or something crazy like that. Like that's impossible. That is impossible. Um, so <laughs> that's what it was. That was not this season. That was at the Green Bay Packers, not even that long ago. Um, and again, it's like running Windows. It's like running Windows ninety-eight on this laptop that I'm on right now. That's pretty much what Ed Donatel is. That's pretty much what Zimmer was as well. Um, maybe Zimmer was like Windows XP. Ed Donatel might be Windows 98. Like, he, <laughs> even worse defense than when Mike Zimmer was in charge, except like the first game of the season, which right now means absolutely diddly squat. It looked like, that's why I called the episode Cowabunga, like Donatello, you know, Donatel. The defense looked pretty good, but the Packers were not sharp. That was part of the issue. Several weeks later, the Packers made Donatel look like, uh, worse than he was when he was the defensive coordinator for Green Bay, <laughs> which was not good. Um, so, I mean, it's just, you know, in the, the Giants who kind of were, you know, they're an okay team. But do you really think, do you really honestly believe this New York Giants team is going to win the next round? Like, seriously, do you think they're going to beat the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> or the, actually, excuse me, it'll be the Philadelphia Eagles, won't it? The only reason they might is because of the familiarity. That's the one reason they might. Like, Green Bay beat the crap out of the Vikings, and the next week they couldn't beat Detroit at home, you know, in their own house. So that might be the only reason Philly loses the familiarity from the New York Giants. So, nope, they are not going to San Francisco. Tomorrow's winner is going to San Francisco. That would have been the Vikings. That's what kind of threw me off here. Um, so there is a small, small chance the Giants win next week, but I don't think they would beat San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. And... I'm kind of sticking with a lot of what I was saying last week in terms of, like, I think San Francisco and Cincinnati kick off in the Super Bowl, but Cincinnati's got to win tonight first before he can continue that. Right now it's 3 nothing Cincy, and, you know, they look like the better team so far versus the Baltimore Ravens, and, well, they are. There's almost no excuse. It'd be kind of, it'd be, it wouldn't be as, it, nah. It would, yeah, it would be worse than losing, uh, the Vikings losing to the Giants, honestly. Even though Baltimore's got one more win than the Giants, or like a half a win, so to speak. Um, Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl last year, and they actually have a better record this year after a crappy start. So, in a lot of ways, Cincinnati losing tonight would actually be less likely than the Vikings losing to the Giants. <clears throat> but, did we get exposed as frauds? Kind of. Kind of, sort of. I think the Vikings earned the wins they got. I kind of do. That's. I don't think that's a homer take. That the Vikings earned the wins they got. I mean, you are your record. Just like the year before, the Vikings did not earn the wins that they did not get. You know what I'm saying? Like the missed kick? Well, you missed. You lost. You fumbled the ball in the red zone at the end of the game. You lost. Uh, you know, so on and so forth. They didn't make the stop on fourth and three. You lost. You lost. You lost. You lost. You lost. You lost. And today was kind of, in a lot of ways, like a microcosm of uh, last year's Viking team in a lot of ways. Couldn't make a bleeping stop for their life. Um, and Kirk Cousins was jittery and checked down at the wrong place, wrong time, and cost us the game. 
So it's all too familiar. It's all too familiar. 92 is too familiar. 2021 is too familiar. Mike Zimmer is too familiar with that Donatelle. Um, the getting cute, making plays when you weren't supposed to get cute. The, the, the kind of, some of the, some of the quote unquote creative play calling was just getting cute, which is dumb. Um, <laughs> when you're setting up the ball, getting the, throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson and having him basically, uh, man, that must be the New York Giants pass rush. Sorry. If you heard a huge dog barking, um, what was I even talking about? Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. The Justin Jefferson play with Kirk Cousins. Uh, well, no kidding, right? But, yeah, right. They, he threw a uh, kind of a lateral pass to, to Justin Jefferson to pass the ball, and ended up being a play back to Kirk Cousins, like Kirk Cousins at being a receiver who had to break a tackle to get the first down. Like, what was that? That might be the dumbest play I've ever seen, ever ever seen in an NFL game. What were they thinking? I apologize. Um, as I came back, uh, I noticed it looked like the microphone volume was down for an extended period. So I apologize. It looked like for about an eight-minute period, it got real quiet. I really apologize. I hope you could actually hear what the heck I was saying. So I don't know how that happened, why it happened. I deeply apologize. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> stupid, stupid, like stupid creativity. Like say, you know, like maybe the, the quarterback's already in the end zone, that trick play that the Eagles played. Uh, right before the half against the uh, New England Patriots in U.S. Bank Stadium in the Super Bowl. See, that's okay because, well, it was a successful play. And, again, the quarterback was open in the end zone. Okay, good. Just lateraling it kind of sideways to Kirk Cousins. What's the point of that? Uh, what was that? And, of course, again, uh, during the half or whatever, coming back from the half, Kevin O'Connell told the sideline porter that was on me. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. That was terrible. Like, Come on, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. You're way better than that, right? I want to believe in Kevin O'Connell, uh, that there's going to be some success and all that, but this is not a good start. This is not a good start to the postseason because it's just, again, should I say it one more time? All too familiar. All too familiar. Again, you know, this coach looks like he's a good coach. Mike Zimmer lost right away in his first playoff game. Um, Mike Tice actually won his first playoff game. It was against a pretty crappy 8-8 eight eight Packers team. On the, but it was on the road, and yeah. So that's the only playoff game that Mike Tice ever, well, yeah. They, they, we did play the next round against Philly and got slaughtered as they went to the Super Bowl. But getting slaughtered against Philadelphia in Philadelphia is kind of common around here. So we'll leave that alone. Uh, we, we really will. We're going to get off that real quick. Um, we'll, we'll, let, uh, we'll let the Giants do that next week, I guess, maybe. Um, yeah, it's going to be quite different now, though. Yeah, it's a different setup. So <laughs> with the Vikings out instead of the, uh, you know, the Giants. Uh, yeah, Giants aren't going to San Francisco. Someone else is. But um, so Tampa Bay will not be playing San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. They might be playing them in the divisional round. So that's kind of how that goes. Eh? And whatever. It, it is what it is, right? Um, what else am I trying to get into? Uh, I'm not sure. What am I trying to get into? Other than, again, it's just... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start repeating myself. All too familiar. Uh, Kirk Cousins, again, good numbers. That's that's all too familiar. Hawkinson, 129. That's, well, good for the whiteout game anyway. Adam Thielen, off and on during the course of the season, just doesn't have that breakaway ability, can't get separation. Um, a year ago, two, well, two, two years ago is more like it. He would have probably had a nice completion on a deep play, 
that would have got us maybe 25, 30 yards. Instead, the ball appeared to be overthrown. But I just think Thielen couldn't get there. I don't think he could get to that spot. And that's why Thielen was only targeted four times in the game. Justin Jefferson targeted nine times in the game. Seven catches for 47 yards. So, yeah. Uh, KJ Osborne did get in the end zone. Unfortunately, couldn't make a big gain. There was a golden opportunity, but defensive back got the hand in there and knocked the ball away. Credit to him. I believe that, I can't remember if it was McKinney or Flott, but whoever it was, it's one of those two. They knocked the ball away. Uh, Xavier McKinney, that might be who it was. Um, credit to him. We're happy for you. <laughs> um, the ball was knocked away, and yeah, I don't know. It's just an unfortunate, unfortunate timing of the pass and all that. Duke Shelley with a pass deflection, Shannon Sullivan, Eric Kendricks, and also had a sack. So Eric Kendricks' numbers were good, but you saw the game, or see the game, that kind of thing. Eric Kendricks will not be back with the Vikings next season. Not at that price, and not with what we've seen. Um, he wasn't the same guy this season, and kind of like guys like, uh, what was his name? <laughs> it's like, how you call it? Um what was his name? Now I'm already uh, blanking on who it was. Cedric Griffin. I was almost blanking here. Yeah, Cedric Griffin, when he was like two or three yards behind receivers in 2011, it's like there's no way in God's green earth you can bring him back. I don't care what his salary is. You can't bring him back. If it's high or low, he's, he can't play anymore. Eric Kendricks, it just kind of felt that way. He was always behind people, behind, behind, behind. Um, opportunities just that were there weren't. Um, he did get his six tackles or five tackles or whatever the heck it was, but he just wasn't good. Uh, Hicks, not too good either. Uh, Shannon Sullivan, he probably is one and done with Minnesota. Boyd, I don't know what to think. Um, somebody named Theo Jackson was out there for a little bit. But yeah, you know, Bynum couldn't make tackles, it seemed like. or You know, Bynum was pretty mediocre, I'd have to say, during the course of the game. Smith, I'm not sure if Harrison Smith is coming back. Patrick Peterson, I'm not sure either. Great season for Patrick Peterson, but... I'm not sure if he's going to be brought back or not. If, you know, what whatever price he might be looking for and his age and, and, you know, wear and tear and all that. I'm not sure. It's a it's a tough guess to think where things are headed. I'm not going to turn this into an off-season show. We'll probably continue some of that conversation during the course of, again, the off-season. And, you know, during the course of these playoff uh, conversations and such, uh, State of the Vikings is a major off-season show where we talk about the salaries and who's coming back and who isn't. The Cincinnati kicker just missed. Ah, Come on, Ming. Come on, man. He just missed. That sucks. Well, they're up 9 nothing, so that's okay. That must have been the extra point, huh? He burrowed to Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's what it was, extra point. That's why it was 9 nothing, because it was 3 nothing. Yep, I was paying attention until the touchdown, so I apologize for that. But then again, I'm not here to do play-by-play of the uh, Cincinnati game right now. <laughs> Cincinnati-Baltimore wildcard game. This is still Minnesota versus the New York Giants, even though some of you might not want to talk about it, but oh, I'm sure plenty of you did. I think the fan interaction segment is going to be very busy, and I don't blame a single soul for being very, for having a lot to, to say. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, again, killed us. Slayton beat us time and time again, even though he was targeted eight times and caught four, but some of those were throwaways, of course. Most of the incomplete passes were throwaways. It wasn't because our defense made a great play or was right there. They were right on it. You know, they are right on it. There were some plays where they were, to be fair, where um, Daniel Jones, again, did have to throw the ball away. There were. There were some moments where the defense looked good, but like one or two plays here and there doesn't, make you have a, doesn't mean you have a good defense because the next play, they, you give up the first down. 
that's what that's what happened. Um, how many times did the puncher punt today for the New York Giants? Jamie Gillian, Gilligan's Isle. No, I'm just kidding. He punted twice. This epic, epic Giants defense that's, or offense that's better than anything you ever saw, right? It's so good that their starting quarterback had 3,200 yards and 15 touchdown passes here. It's that epic. Two punts. Two punts. And obviously, yes, the head coach, uh, Dable, is a great offensive mind. He's a, he's a hyper son of a gun, but yeah, I like him. Somehow I like him. He doesn't make me upset or anything. I like him. Um, good luck to the New York Giants. I don't, I don't hate them or anything, but uh, I don't know. Just hate him. Hated him during the game, though. The tackling on Saquon Barkley was flipping awful. It was embarrassing. Uh, two touchdowns. He only ran the ball nine times, and which is kind of funny because, well, they had Daniel Jones with the ball. He already had the ball. And it was, I don't know, the Vikings were not stopping him. They just weren't. They weren't getting him down when they needed to get the stop. Oh, they'd tackle him, sure, five yards or so after the chains, or one inch, whatever it is. Whatever it is, they, he still got the first down. That's all that truly mattered. So um, that was the story of the game. Just pathetic defense, jittery offense. Uh, the creativity turned into being too stupidly cute, which it's eventually too cute isn't cute anymore. That's like, say, like your girlfriend or wife burping in your face. Yeah, it's cute maybe once or twice. And it's like, okay, that's not cute. It's dumb. Stop. Yeah, and that's kind of what this felt like. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Yeah, burping in your face. Yeah, that was cute once. Okay? It didn't work, though. It didn't work out. So, <laughs> the date's over, okay? You know, the honeymoon's over. Stop trying to get cute. Uh, Naylor almost fumbled a kickoff or punt or whatever the heck it was punt. It was a punt, and he only had one return with zero yards. Almost fumbled it. Uh, Nwangwu only returned one uh, kickoff, because that's just how it was. There was tons of touchbacks, like there always are. Did get 24 yards, but, yeah, it was kind of, like, not worth it. I don't know. He could have just knelt and got to the 25. Yay. So, that's kind of what the case was there. Um, and we'll talk about the epic comeback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Miami Dolphins almost beat the Buffalo Bills. Again, that's that divisional f familiarity. So New York does have a chance to advance to the NFC Championship game just because of that, and along with the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles are, well, I, I don't know. They're not invincible. They're not. I don't think they're frauds because they kicked our butts and a lot of other teams too, but um, they are vulnerable. They're, they are beatable. Even the Vikings could have done it, I think. If the Vikings actually played up to the top of their game, they could have beaten Philadelphia. They could have beaten San Francisco, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know who's beating San Francisco right now. I don't know. I mean, Buffalo looks kind of sort of beatable. Miami almost did. Kansas City, uh, I, that's the other one. It looks like it might be a rematch of that Super Bowl. But we'll see. Maybe since you'll make it a rematch of way back in the well, two, two 80s matchups that both went to the 49ers and Maybe it'll go to them again. <laughs> Poor Cincy. He's go over, over three in the Super Bowl. Or, no, over four. They'd be like the Vikings now uh, if they ended up getting back and losing again. Because, mm, yeah, they lost. They got to the Super Bowl last year and lost by the skin of their teeth. There wasn't one single Super Bowl that Cincinnati couldn't, couldn't have won. 1988, they were going to win, and then Joe Montana drove the team down the field and won the game. It's just that simple. Uh, the 81 Bengals way back in the day, close game. I wasn't there to see it. I was two years old. Um, maybe a super young Tom Brady was there. What would he have been? About five back in 81. So, yeah. Everybody been like four. Yeah. Tom Brady's only two years older than your host, Joey Awaijin. So, I'm not a real young guy either. Huh. 
but I'm younger than some people, I suppose, I, I suppose. Um, now that I'm done babbling and making a fool of myself here, the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode is going to be T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's it's kind of an empty award, but what the hell, he played really well. He would have been the reason we won the game, I think, in a lot of ways. He got the offense going, he gave us hope. Only one pass wasn't caught. I mean, really well played, T.J. Hawkinson. It's just a damn shame that the guy that got the Fran Award was the recipient of the, one of the dumbest, uh, unnecessary checkdowns ever, uh, and basically is forfeiting the game at that stage. Like, you just forfeited. Thanks. So that's not necessarily Hawkinson's fault. At least he caught it, I guess, because if he didn't, the game's over anyway. Uh, the Christian Potter Memorial... I don't know. I, I can't give it to Cousins, necessarily. No, I can't give it to Cook. He didn't fumble. He was adequate. I mean, he was the kind of guy, yeah, see, 60 yards back in the day. Or was it 62 yards you needed to get in 16 games in order to get 1,000 yards? So he was basically like what he's been all season in a lot of ways. A long of 11. No explosion, just a long of 11. Um, and the fact he can catch and make a move. But he, to me, again... He's like Terry Allen with the Washington Redskins later in his career at that stage. Terry Allen was in his 30s, though. Delvin Cook is 27, and he's playing like he's 33, 34. I, I don't understand. Um, I really don't. So it's really weird. Like, he'll barely get 1,000, like 1,100. And people might act like, wow, Delvin Cook. That guy, you, you can't replace him. You can't replace an 1,100-yard running back in today's NFL? Really? You can't? Are you sure now? <laughs> and a guy that gets hurt and fumbles a lot? I, I don't know. Um, but who is the who is the Christian Potter Memorial? Is it somebody that... Uh, no, like, no single player is sticking out other than, I, I guess it's just Ed Donatale's defense, generally speaking. But you could kind of say Kevin O'Connell's offense. I, I think it's the coaches in this game. I think it's the coaches. I think the Vikings got outcoached in this game. Outcoached. Vikings coaches were outcoached by the New York Giants coach, and good, good, good on Dable. Um, you did a good job. You're a crazy guy, little kind of short, stocky guy. You're crazy, you know. But I, but I respect you. Thumbs up, uh, thumbs up to you. Uh, all the success in the world. I hate the Eagles with the passion. Go Giants. Go Giants. Uh, even though that might sound really weird right now. <laughs> after losing to him. <laughs> it probably does sound weird, but I have so much disdain for the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans. Go Giants. Go, go Giants. Go, go get them. Take, uh, you know, Big Big Apple, go crush Philadelphia. I, I hope so. Um, other than that, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Buffalo, uh, those are the teams I want to win the Super Bowl uh, going forward. I any of those three I'd be pretty happy to see, to be quite fair. I'd probably be happiest to see Cincinnati. You know, I mean, that's a fan base that's been through hell. They've been through hell, man. I mean, they were the Detroit Lions of the AFC. They were. The la Both teams going into last season had not won a playoff game since 91. Like, we think we have it bad? Yeah, we do in terms of playoff failure. But getting there, uh, winning a first-round game, this and that. Our last playoff win was 2019, 2019 or early 2020. Uh, Cincinnati's before last year was 91. Detroit, 91. You know, so interestingly, the Giants' first playoff win was today since 2012, which is weird. But yeah, it was a fucking uh, bleeping Super Bowl championship. Pardon the French there. <laughs> I might want to cut that out. But <laughs> so it would feel a heck of a lot better holding the Lombardi Trophy as your last playoff win 
versus we beat the Saints. We beat the Saints. Da, 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 da. We beat the Saints. Screw you, New Orleans. Uh, reality sets in just a week later. You get pounded by San Francisco. See, uh, I would take a decade of uh, no playoff wins if it meant holding a Lombardi for the fourth time in franchise history. Yeah, so, again, uh, we, we can't win that argument. We can't. We just can't do it. And I hate saying that. We can't. <laughs> so, with that said, yeah, with that said, I think that's the, that's a wrap for this segment. Um, my apologies if I'm dropping F-bombs. I better see if I can find that and fix it. <laughs> otherwise, hoping all of you, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, otherwise, hope all of you can still somewhat enjoy the postseason going forward. I know some people just shut everything down. Me, I like to still watch the playoffs. I mean, and I guess it's not nearly as heartbreaking losing in the first round as it would be like, you know, losing in the NFC Championship game, and you just don't want anything to do with the Super Bowl because you're pissed off and depressed and all that stuff. Um, so, like the Saints one, that was so de- devastating, and the Falcons, um, that, that just hurt, uh, so, hurt so much, um, but, again, I guess enjoy the rest of the playoffs if you can, you know, otherwise, uh, uh, yeah, it is what it is, we'll talk about the postseason <laughs> in the next segment, uh, and, of course, fan interaction, segment number three should be very interesting. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. I had a change of heart, basically, going into this. Uh, it's Monday morning that I'm recording this segment, so you know what that means. That means the Dallas and Tampa game has not been played yet. You know what? Why make you wait another day? I think you'd rather hear the show semi-fresh after what happened with the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, I would have liked to have recorded it, uh, finished recording it last night. I was kind of getting that tug in my throat, but at least I got to see the end of the Cincinnati game first. It was not a very exciting game, but yes, the Bengals did advance, and they're going to play the Buffalo Bills, which is a very, very epic matchup. It's too bad I didn't get to be the uh, AFC Championship game, but, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> circumstances beyond anybody's control took place. So, I mean... Uh, it kind of is what it is. So let's hear from DraftKings before I take any longer screwing around. <laughs> The NFL playoff actually continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57 and for the NFL Divisional Round. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers, that's everybody, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> can take a shot and an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg and add up to 100%. So, uh, one of the games, well, that would be the Viking game that uh, I'm not excited about that one. The game that excites me in terms of, but it'd be kind of tough to place a bet, I suppose, but uh, let's go for it. That's part of the fun of it. Buffalo-Cincinnati. How is that not the best uh, second-round game, divisional-round game? So, that game excites me in a big way. <sighs> Buffalo uh, it looks they look vulnerable. Uh, they almost lost to the Miami Dolphins. Cincinnati didn't look all that great against Baltimore. But Cincinnati, there's something extra with Cincinnati. They beat Kansas City in the playoffs last year. Um, they beat Buffalo and Kansas City this year. That doesn't mean they're going to beat them in the playoffs in either case. 
but I'm going to go with Cincinnati if it's my choice. So if it's if, uh, as that's the game of the week for me going into DraftKings, I'm going to pick Cincinnati in that one. Um, otherwise, <laughs> download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. That's, of course, the Pigskin Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. <laughs> I just love that part. <laughs> I always will. Always. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Vikings. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, there's all kinds of lists and disappointments and frustrations. And I kind of want to go, like, random here. I'm a weird guy, you know, and I, I just get these thoughts in my head and I, my mind starts reminiscing and thinking about history and such. Anybody that would ever say that San Francisco 49ers in the 1980s had like, a, you know, like, oh yeah, there wasn't all that much competition or something. I don't think anybody has, but just in case anybody ever does, it's just, or if you just want to kind of, you know, analyze the situation that San Francisco had in the 1980s, right? You had Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, you had, uh, you know, Steve, uh, Bill Walsh, I must call him Steve Walsh, excuse me. Bill Walsh, his coach, uh, was at George Seifert as the uh, offensive coordinator. Later on, you had, you know, the Dennis Greens and uh, and uh, the former Packer coach as well, all being uh, uh, Mike, Mike Holmgren were offensive coordinators. Dennis Green and Mike Holmgren were offensive coordinators in the uh, George Seifert era. He got the third or fourth Super Bowl, pardon me. That was a, uh, I believe, a butt whooping versus the Broncos in 89. So, not a good game necessarily, but they got the job done. Um, yeah. <laughs> Broncos got their butts kicked a couple of times in the playoffs, unfortunately, by Washington and the uh, you know San Francisco 49ers. But, again, so just, just for the fun of all this, this is why I like to go down uh, memory lane. That's what segment this is. So, since I'm not talking about, say, the Vikings and Giants history right now, even though I could very easily... The Giants will be included in this conversation. Um, San Francisco, though, just analyze the competition they had in the NFC. Okay, so think about this. The Chicago Bears, they, they weren't good in, um, they weren't just good in 1985. They were good around 84, all the way up to about 88, 89. They stayed good. They were a very tough competition for the Minnesota Vikings, and it was an entertaining battle every year. San Francisco had Chicago to deal with. How about the Washington Redskins? Very dangerous team in the 1980s. They won multiple Super Bowls, right, in the Joe Gibbs era. So they were a dang, they were a big threat. And you could even go into the early 90s as well, of course. Uh, and how about the team we just played, the New York Giants, in the 1980s? Going way back, you know, Bill Belichick, defensive coordinator. Way, way back, uh, Bill Parcells, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, before he became the head coach. Um, so... Obviously, the New York Giants were a huge threat. The Redskins were a huge threat. The Bears were a huge threat. So it's like, you just think about that. It's like, huh. And then you have the second-tier teams, the Los Angeles Rams, which they were at the time again. They were the, they were were That was their original form of the L.A. Rams. And the Minnesota Vikings. We were like second-tier threats to them. Maybe Detroit much later, but uh, not really. <laughs> the Cowboys were uh, often on a threat. But then again, by the late 80s, the Cowboys were complete garbage. But we uh, we helped them out a little bit with that one. I think most of you know how we did. I'll leave it there. <laughs> All you have to do is look up uh, something that happened in 1989 with that. <clears throat> we'll leave that alone. But yeah, it's just interesting to imagine how, you know, San Francisco winning those four Super Bowls, they really had to earn it. When you really sit and think about it, even the Saints had a couple of halfway decent seasons. So... Believe it or not, the Packers made the playoffs a couple of times in the 80s. They did. Everybody that's like, you know, say from Bart Starr to Brett Favre, oh, the Packers, that was the in-between, you know, that, that 
dark in-between era that no one thinks about, you know, um, like the, the, the silent time for the Packers. They were, they were competitive some years. They weren't that bad. Jeez. They weren't like five and 11 every year. So they just weren't, you know, winning Super Bowls. They weren't competing for championships. So, oh, well. anyhow, we'll continue where we need to be. Speaking of the San Francisco 49ers, it looked a little scary for a little while. Seattle was playing decent. San Francisco did score 10 points in the first quarter to take a lead, but then Seattle kind of kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and they eventually had a 14-13 to 13 lead late in the second quarter, but then the 49ers with, uh, again, Brock Purdy got into field goal range and got the, uh, <laughs> and got the um, um, 49ers to lead, but then again, the 49ers <laughs> with some stupid penalties helped the uh, Seattle Seahawks get into field goal range, and Jason Myers had a 56-yarder, 17-16. They're just like, geez, this is going to be interesting. And then after that, it was all San Francisco. Uh, Cisco, I'm just kidding. Geno Smith had a score, you know, a score-fixing, we'll call it, like you're kind of helping the score a little bit. <laughs> a score repair, damage control, touchdown late in the game to finally get the Seahawks to 23 after the 49ers went from, you know, their 23, or we'll say 16, all the way up to 41. 49ers pretty much slaughtered the Seattle Seahawks in the second half. Kind of like the 1980s, maybe. That would say what it would be like if the Seahawks were in the playoffs versus the Niners. It wouldn't have gone too well for the Seahawks. And I'm not too surprised Seattle lost this game. And, uh, well, we, <laughs> we could put that, that uh, rivalry to bed, at least for this season. Brock Purdy just might be that guy. He he is going to be the quarterback of the future for the 49ers. I truly doubt he's going to come out next year and just be like, you know, garbage. Like sometimes some guy pops up, you know, some guy that's, you know, nobody's expecting pops up. And by the next year, it's like, what the hell? What what happened? Or two or three years down the road. I think Purdy can play. I think he, he can play. But And shame on every single team that passed on him uh, several times in the draft, including the Vikings. We could have used his help long term. Maybe not this year, but maybe in a year or two, and it would have been like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, I keep talking about it, and it's sad and frustrating when, you know, you think about John David Booty, you think about uh, Nate Stanley, you think about all these other quarterbacks we took. Um, who's the guy we just took? Kellen Mond. Just think about that. Why can't we be the team that takes... Why? Why can't we be the team... That takes the Brock Purdy type, you know, that, that takes Brock Purdy. Why can't it be us? When will it be us? You know, when will it be us? Is that Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith, pardon me, wearing a Tampa Bay Bucks jersey, or am I crazy? I think it is him. But I have the sound off, which is okay, because it's Stephen A. Smith. The sound off is good. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to have it off. Uh, yeah, Bucks and Cowboys. It's going to be a fun game. Cowboys 12-5, and five, Buccaneers 8-9. and nine. I still stand by my pick. The Buccaneers do win this game. They do win this game. The Cowboys are overrated. And if you want to call the Vikings frauds, I think the Cowboys are too. Because, well, they put a licking on us. They put a licking on um, the Colts and all that. Yeah, the Colts, big deal. But, yeah, we put a licking on the Colts too. In the, in the second half, after we took a licking, uh, we got our revenge. Um, they put a licking on a number of teams. But... And by the end of the season, it was like, eh, you know what I mean? The, the, the Vikings probably could have beaten them in a playoff game in U.S. Bank Stadium, which would have been funny, considering, again, the licking they put on us in the regular season. That 41-3, to like, humiliation. Just humiliation. I think the Vikings would have won. Duh. They wouldn't have won. They played like dogs yesterday, and if they showed up with that same effort, 
They would have lost. Hell with it. Whatever. Buccaneers will beat the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm already jumping ahead. Yeah, you, you, but you probably figured, and I already talked about that last week anyway. So uh, Brock Purdy, though, three touchdowns, 332 yards, 131.5 quarterback rating. McCaffrey continuing to be an insanely valuable guy. Uh, Debu Samuel, he's back with a vengeance. So all that sadness and fear, the San Francisco 49ers are, it's going to be a hell of a story if the 49ers win the Super Bowl for so many reasons, because Samuel looked like he was toast. He looked like he had an Achilles tear or a broken ankle or whatever it was. And here he is. Here he is. Uh, here he is. He's playing again in the playoffs and, and, and elite. 133 yards receiving. Wound up getting in the end zone on one of them. Again, a 74-yard play on one. Uh, 32 yards rushing, because he's like one of those kind of guys. Christian McCaffrey, who's obviously an all-purpose type of guy. 119 yards. I mean, you know, the Vikings made the trade for TJ Hawkinson, and it made us better. It, plain and simple, made the Minnesota Vikings better because we had no tight end, really. Uh, unless you really think uh, Hunt is, is great. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and the other guy, Irv Smith, finally came back in the season finale. You know, he's he's okay. He's like a second-string tight end. He just is with a little bit of skill, that's all. Um, but the 49ers trading for Christian McCaffrey, that's going to be, again, one of the stories of the year. Uh, of course, again, with... Uh, with, with Lance being out for the year for the 49ers. And then Garoppolo coming in and doing well. Again, after a crappy start, it looked like the 49ers with this, uh, you know, second second year quarterback, not really impressing anybody just yet. Uh, obviously, some, some flashes here and there. But again, he's just, a, he's just a second year guy. Be patient, blah, 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 which is really funny when you consider what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I'll get back to that in a second. Um, but, you see, yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. 49ers, kind of a mediocre start to the season. And then Garoppolo comes in, and, oh, it's magic again. It's Shanahan and Garoppolo together again, together again. And then he breaks a, you know breaks his foot or whatever it was, breaks a bone in his leg, his foot, and then he's done for the year. And then it looked like Debo Samuel broke you know his, his ankle or uh, had an Achilles or something along those lines. And he comes back. Brock Purdy is this miracle... Well, before, but way before Debbie Samuel comes back, Brock Purdy ends up being really good in his first game. Okay, it was just one game. Yeah, it's just luck. It's just luck, and he's got Shanahan and all these weapons, and then he's good again, and then he's good again, and then he's good again. Uh, and let's not forget where he was taken. He was the last pick in the draft this year. So all this talk about, again, this quarterback, he's not ready. He's green. He's raw. He's, he's not ready. You know, give him time. This guy's this, this, that guy's that. Brock Purdy just comes in, plug and play, <laughs> as a Mr. Irrelevant, for the San Francisco bleeping 49ers, a team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl. And but that pick's probably going to be correct, <laughs> probably. Um, so, because of what Brock Purdy's doing, Christian McCaffrey trade, Debu Samuel still being a stud, obviously, and not leaving, because there was talk about him leaving. He ended up resigning, thankfully, for the 49ers. Ayuk is valuable, Kittle's dangerous. You could go on all day. Um, Kenneth Walker the third at 63 yards. D- DK Metcalf was a huge threat. He was the best player for Seattle uh, in the in the on Saturday, not yesterday. 136 with two touchdowns. But 49ers look like the team to beat in the National Football League outside of the Kansas City stinking Chiefs. Uh, let's talk about the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was all Chargers. They were kicking the Jaguars' butt. Like, man, whatever. Jacksonville made the playoffs, but they're not even, they didn't even show up. And Trevor Lawrence looks like, what? I, I, what is wrong with this guy? What happened? 
oh, it's like, oh, he's amazing. He's so great, and he's the best thing that ever lived, and he's going to be better than Peyton Manning or whoever else. Throws four interceptions in the first quarter in his first playoff game. It's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, things started to gradually change, which sounds awfully familiar to a few weeks back. Uh, leading into Christmas week, Vikings had a Christmas present with a 33-point comeback over the Indianapolis Colts, and the Jacksonville Jaguars just kept coming back, coming back, coming back. They did give up a score by the uh, or to the Chargers to make it 30-14, but down 27 nothing leading into the half. But then all of a sudden, the Jaguars woke up right before the half, and you just knew. I bet people were thinking that. I bet the you know experienced football fans have got that pit in their throat or that pit in their that tug at their throat or that pit in their stomach when Jacksonville scored that touchdown. Oh, gosh, shut up! We're up by twenty. Jacksonville's a mess. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. <laughs> this is the NFL. This is the NFL. Momentum swings into a half mean something. They really do. <laughs> Let's just say you fumble or something. You fumble and give up a touchdown or something right before the half. I don't want to remember that, but that's what happened to the 98 Vikings. Vikings had a, had a pretty pretty solid lead versus the Falcons. That changed everything. And uh, this late score, this night, late drive by the Jacksonville Jaguars changed everything. Jaguars have what was it, the fourth or fifth best, uh, fourth best drive in the, or fourth best comeback in the history of the postseason, fifth best comeback of all time. Um, so it was pretty good. Pretty amazing what they were able to accomplish. Everybody woke up. Trevor Lawrence ended up throwing four touchdowns to go with his four interceptions. I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. Four interceptions and four touchdowns. <laughs> and Etienne Jr. got so many key first downs. Just so many. And that Tecmo Bowl football, or, yeah, Tecmo, Tecmo football, not Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo football, um, five and a half, or five and a half yards of carry. Just solid Tecmo football approach. Well, let's play it. And Jacksonville comes back from 21 to zero. Justin Herbert again, and now he's got that on his. Uh, uh, ho- hopefully, for Justin Herbert's case, it's his first playoff game as well. At least I'm pretty sure it is, right? Hopefully, he can uh, get that off his his case because that that sucks. That's gotta hurt. That's gotta hurt bad. Um, I I would not want to have a 27 point comeback. I don't want to be like Matt Ryan and and uh, Warren Moon and all those guys that gave up huge leads in in the playoffs. That does. Uh, that sucks. So Matt Ryan obviously is the king of giving up comebacks now. Um, I don't think he wants to remember that. But uh, again, the Jacksonville defense also showed up to play in the second half, and they got the job done, frustrating Herbert and the Chargers. The Jaguars end up advancing, kicking a field goal at the end, 31-30. to Jaguars win, Jaguars win. <laughs> Their first playoff game in not that long, since 2015, 17, 17, when they almost went to the Super Bowl. Almost beat the Patriots to play the Vic, I mean the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who won the, the next game over the Vikings later that day. On Championship Sunday 2018, you know, 2017 season, you get the idea. Whew. Well, Jaguars will be playing the Chiefs. Hopefully they can do a little upset job. I would love that so, 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 so much. Let's switch to Sunday. 
Obviously, the Vikings played the second game, and we talked about that just a little bit in the first segment, just a tiny bit. Um, yeah, God. <laughs> Close game. Buffalo did open up 14-0. It felt like it was going to be like, okay, yeah, Buffalo's got this. It's going to be okay. But then they just kind of started screwing around. Uh, they are up 17-0 in the game were the Buffalo Bills. That would have been a pretty significant comeback victory for the Dolphins, to be quite fair. The Dolphins started nickel and diamond, started doing what they can. You know, field goal after field goal after field goal. And then finally tied the game up, going into the half. Almost going into the half. But then Buffalo, 30 seconds later, was able to get in a field goal range. Tyler Bass gave the Bills the lead. Again, the momentum. But Miami Dolphins maintained the momentum uh, for a little while. With the Josh Allen fumble. It was a scoop and it was a scoop and score as they call it. So it's not a fumble six; it's a scoop and score. Zach Sealer recovered the fumble and returned for a five-yard touchdown. So it was one of those uh, strip sack type of situations, um, or whatever you'd call it. Jason Sanders, Saunders, Sanders, with the extra point. The Miami Dolphins led by four points, so the comeback was complete at the moment. But then the Dolphins mom- uh, regained momentum. They got to their 34, which was the their final amount of points. And after the Dolphins were able to score a touchdown not too long after that, a little while, I guess it was about seven minutes later, they were able to score a touchdown after Buffalo faltered a bit. And they would falter the rest of the game. The Miami defense would frustrate the hell out of the uh, Buffalo Bills the rest of the game. They would not score again after that late third uh, quarter score. But Miami couldn't get the job done either. Just some some, uh, mediocre play calling. But then again, not even that. Just some... Poor execution down the stretch, and the Miami Dolphins are unable to uh, win the game in this rematch of the 1992 AFC Championship game. The Buffalo Bills would go on to play the uh, Dallas Cowboys and lose the Super Bowl. (laughs) I was really hoping that day for San Francisco-Miami. That would have been sweet. That would have been hopefully a lot better uh, uh, showing for for the uh, Dolphins in that Super Bowl compared to 84 when the Dolphins got slaughtered. And it was Montana versus Marino. It would have been Young versus Marino. But that 49ers team underachieved against the Cowboys. So freaking mad. I'm, I'm st- <laughs> Games like that still piss me off 30 years later. Do you, do you realize that? And the Dolphins just kind of semi-no-showed against the Bills as well. Both the Dolphins and the Niners had home field advantage in those games, and they lost, and they both lost. It's like, ugh, Dallas and Buffalo? Ugh. And then, of course, the freaking Cowboys won in a landslide, and they were taunting the Bills a little bit, but it cost them where <laughs> Don Beebe was able to knock the ball out of, uh, what was his name? Was it Nate Newton? I think it was, no, it was someone else. It wasn't Newton, was it? I don't think it was Nate Newton, but it was one of the big, no, of course not. Nate Newton was an offensive offensive tackle. Uh, it was one of, It was a defensive player for the Cowboys that thought he had a touchdown, and he kind of was like, ah, I got it, you know. It was going to be like 60 points for the Cowboys. But Don Beebe with the hustle knocked the ball out. So that's what you get for you know for getting a little too happy with yourself. Uh, Skylar Thompson was mediocre at best. <clears throat> but what do you expect? I mean, I don't know. Buffalo's defense is good. And it's actually quite impressive the fact that Miami was able to get 31 points in the game. Though one of those touchdowns was because of the... What the heck? Yeah, I just saw something funny. But no, one of those touchdowns was because of uh, a scoop and score for Josh Allen. Josh Allen had three uh, turnovers in the game. Quite a sloppy game, actually, to be quite honest. Skylar Thompson with two interceptions. And again, he's he's technically the third quarterback for Miami. But, you know, I'm going to... It, it's a mess. I mean, I remember Skylar Thompson had a concussion, didn't he, in the Viking game? 
I think it was a concussion, right? Teddy Bridgewater was coming back from something like that, and you could just tell he's got no mobility anymore. Um, I, I, I think three, four years from now, two is going to be done. I, I don't think he's going to be playing anymore. Barring some kind of miracle where he's able to, you know, I don't know, just all of a sudden, no more concussions and all that. He's going to be better and ready to roll. But he's starting to starting to get that feeling. Um, that some, some of those guys like Eric Lindros, uh, Steve Young, and all them, and, and uh, Troy Aikman, where it was concussion after concussion after concussion. And it kind of depends on how much he wants to keep playing, if that keeps happening. Um, because it's, you know, it just gets to a point where it just gets, let's just say it's just, you become more and more vulnerable once you have the first one, the second one, and it's just, it's a damn shame because Tua can definitely play. Um, obviously, the big problem with Tua, <laughs> if Tua was active and healthy and playing well, you know, playing good football leading into the game, this temperature was below 40 degrees in Buffalo, New York, right? So, unfortunately, he's an over in that situation. That's another thing. If he, <laughs> if they ever hope to win a Super Bowl, in Miami with two at quarterback, he's going to have to get rid of that because playoff games on the road, which are going to happen, whether you're a good team, a great team, uh, they're going to, you're going to have to get that job done. You know, he's going to have to, he's going to have to shake that off, including going into December, because if you want home field advantage, like say, okay, well then just, you know, have, you know, like then just be a phenomenal player, have a great team and be, you know, 14 and three, 15 and two, something like that. You'll have home field advantage. You won't have to worry about that 40-degree uh, 40 temperature. Yes, you will. You won't get to 15-2 and two if you can't get over that because you're going to be playing in Buffalo at times. You're going to be playing, you know, you're going to be playing in New England, and it's probably going to be below. And you know, So you got to overcome that kind of garbage. Otherwise, I don't think the Dolphins have the answer at quarterback right now, as good as Tua is uh, at the same time. And regardless, I don't think he's going to last that long. And I hate to say it, but maybe it's better for him anyway. Cincinnati, formerly the Bungles, but obviously a much better team than that. It's funny to imagine the Bengals having a uh, weaker record than the Vikings, but not really. They Well, depends on who would have won that Buffalo-Cincinnati game, but the game got, you know, the game got uh, canceled. So what are you going to do? <laughs> um, B- Baltimore 10-7, and Cincinnati 12-4, and of course, just like the old days. So obviously 12-4 and is still a pretty good team. Cincinnati was like a, what did they win, like 10, 11 games last year? So despite, again, just like San Francisco, a crappy start to the year, they start rolling and playing better. This was not a fun game to watch. It was kind of a back-and-forth defensive battle. Tyler Huntley, you know, he's okay. He's an okay quarterback. If you know, He's like at least a Band-Aid for somebody out there. And obviously he's a Band-Aid for Baltimore because Lamar Jackson can't stay healthy. He just can't, you know, uh, and it's too bad. Um and he, he's, he's a decent player, but he had a couple of turnovers in the game that helped cost the uh, chances for the Baltimore Ravens. Hayden Hurst had a fumble loss in the game as well. Burrow was solid, but he wasn't spectacular. He was good when he needed to be. Jamar Chase uh, missed an opportunity for a huge play, but still had a great game, generally speaking, or a good game anyway. 84 yards and a touchdown, better than our guy, I, I hate to say. Um yeah, McPherson missed an extra point. I was like, what? He's like one of the best kickers in the league, but it happens. Eli Apple, yeah, God. <laughs> He's had some moments, but oftentimes he gets targeted <laughs> by quarterbacks. Um, Baltimore, obviously, is a decent team, but I don't know. Uh, Lamar Jackson can't stay healthy. So I don't know if Baltimore's going to win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson either. Uh, I do think Cincinnati will end their drought at some point, maybe as soon as this year, but 
long as Joe Burrow can stay healthy, and uh, he has, knock on wood, since that catastrophic injury at the beginning uh, of his career, stay healthy, Joe. Because, you know, if he does, I mean, it's going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to be, he's going to have a wonderful career. I think he gets at least one Super Bowl and ends the uh, the drought for Cincinnati. I mean, I would love to have Joe Burrow as quarterback of the Vikings. I'd be dancing on the clouds, and so would many other teams. Love to have Josh Allen, too. It's going to be an epic matchup between those two clubs at the end of the day. I don't have a whole lot to say about the Cincinnati game, Cincinnati-Baltimore game. It's just, you know, they kind of gutted it out and got the job done. It's kind of like that when it comes to Cincinnati. Where am I? What's going on here? This looks all backwards. Yeah, Cincinnati was up 9 to nothing at one point, and then Baltimore got a 10-9 to lead, slowly but surely. Yeah, the three field goals. No, no, there was a missed extra point. That's what happened. That's why Cincinnati, I even talked about it in the first segment. Yup, when it was, uh, it could have, it could and should have been 10 nothing. It was not three field goals. One field goal <laughs> and a TD. Um, Tucker made it, everything he makes because he's the best kicker ever. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Hundley fumble was a scoop and score, which ended up uh, killing Baltimore. Because, yeah, Cincinnati's got a good defense, too. It's, you know, unfortunately, the offensive line kind of let Joe Burrow down in the Super Bowl. Uh, let him down in the other games as well. But at least he overcame it against, you know, like uh, whoever else it was that he had to play against, like like a Baltimore and all them in the playoffs a year ago. So I'm sticking with my guns with San Francisco-Cincinnati. I am. So you get the idea going into next week in the divisional round. I do think whoever play, whoever wins tonight loses to the 49ers. I, I just, sorry. That's what I think is going to happen. Whoever wins tonight will lose to the 49ers. Uh, Dallas or Tampa. And I do think it's Tampa. Tampa versus San Francisco. And it will be kind of like a torch passing. Very late, sixth round. Yeah, like a, like a late round pick. Sixth round pick. Tom Brady passes the torch to seventh round pick. Brock Purdy to being the next, uh, you know, special player that everybody passed on multiple times in the draft and are probably going to get a ring or two or beyond. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anybody would have ever imagined Tom Brady getting seven or maybe eight Super Bowl championships in his career, but uh, it's been an unbelievable run. Um, he was with Michigan, though, that so at least it was a real school that everybody knows about. Where, I mean, Iowa State, okay, it's a real school, and people have heard of it, but mostly for basketball, right? Not for football. You think about the Hawkeyes. I've said that 50 times. Um, we'll go back to the AFC first here. Kansas City, Jacksonville, I probably think, yeah, I think the Chiefs win the game, but I hope Jacksonville <clears throat> makes a really good showing of it. It's going to be cool to see Trevor Lawrence versus, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Trevor Lawrence, a guy that everybody sees as the next something, the next special quarterback, an, an, another special quarterback, because there's a lot of them. Every single team in the AFC in the divisional round is a really, really, really nice quarterback, and they're all young. Uh, Josh Allen, extremely good. He's probably the most mistake-prone, but... There's a pretty good chance he could get a Super Bowl title in his career. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it's hard to imagine Jacksonville winning a Super Bowl, but sure, sure they can. If the Saints could do it, you know, with a Drew Brees acquisition years ago from the uh, San Diego Chargers, which is what they were called, um, anybody can. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, again, they have a nice defense. They have some good players, and they're going to continue to build. Um, They didn't have a great record, so they'll have a halfway decent draft pick, I'm sure, and you can always make moves. Kansas City was a good team when they traded for Patrick Mahomes. And I remember thinking, uh-oh, watch out. And back then, I liked the Chiefs. But, I don't know, Chiefs rub me the wrong way. <laughs> they just do. I don't know what it is, but they rub me the wrong way. A little too cocky for me. 
Um, the I have nothing really against Patrick Mahomes. I just don't want them to win. <laughs> That's all. Um, <laughs> Buffalo-Cincinnati is the game of the week for me, no doubt about it, but I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, but uh, first, maybe I'll try to throw out a score. Ah, I don't know. Kind of guessing, but I suppose if it's DraftKings, I'm going to throw out something like, well, Kansas City's going to win in cover, basically. Cincinnati's going to win in cover. So that's probably all you really need to know when it comes to drafts uh, and all that. Um, and I'm not somebody you necessarily want to, uh, you know, DraftKings, I mean. I'm not necessarily somebody you want to follow. Like, I'm not this... this uh, gambling genius. I'm not this uh, sports betting genius, so I'm just giving my my takes. Kansas City wins and covers. <clears throat> Boo. <laughs> Buffalo, or excuse me, Cincinnati covers and wins, even though they'll be a slight underdog going into Buffalo. And then they probably won't, yeah. And then, unfortunately, the AFC Championship will be in Kansas City, but I do believe Kansas, uh, Cincinnati does it again. I think Cincinnati wins. The AFC Championship goes to the Super Bowl, and I hope they do. And then 49ers will beat the Cowboys or Bucks, but I think it's the Bucks. I think the New York Giants make a really make things really interesting for Philadelphia and might actually pull off the upset. Well, uh, mostly because of the division rival thing. Otherwise, Philly is a far superior team. Nine and nine, seven and one. You can say what you want about how much you respect the New York Giants until you're blue in the face. They weren't that great I mean, this this year. I mean, they're okay. They're gritty. Again, I mean, I talked about 50 times, 3,200 yards. Like, it's it's a career high for Daniel Jones, old DJ over there. He's, he's okay. I mean, he's okay. But he's not going to make you forget about anybody. He's not going to make you forget about uh, even even Eli Manning. You know, when, when Eli Manning was at his best, he was pretty good. And, damn, he was clutch. But, well, maybe it'll take something from Daniel Jones to pull off a really nice upset. Either way, I do believe the 49ers go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl this year. Maybe it's against Kansas City. And that might be a better pick, but beat the bleeping Chiefs this time, okay? Don't lose to the Chiefs again, please. Maybe you get a rematch for the 19th Super Bowl and the 49ers get the job done. But I will stick with my pick going into the postseason of San Francisco winning the Super Bowl. Uh, back at the beginning of the year in August, I had Cincinnati beating San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Right now, I think it's the 49ers. I do. I think Brock Purdy is the story of stories. And, of course, yeah, this is it's going to be the best story ever in terms of late draft pick. And, of course, again, Samuel coming back from the injury, uh, the McCaffrey trade. Um, and, again, the 49ers overcoming two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks having season-ending injuries to go with the uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Like, what the hell? I mean, he's going to have to be the quarterback now. We're still a competitive team. Let's see what happens. And, and just, just look what's happening. He's, he's the best of all of them. He's better than both of them. So, <laughs> it's the story of all time. Number one story of all time. 49ers win the Super Bowl at the end of the day. Let's get to fan interaction right here and right now. Joey, hope all is good. Um, so regular season is dusted and done. Um, have to say, on the whole, a fun season to finish where they did was unexpected. And and considering the two previous seasons that were, to be honest, pretty grim and dire, 
Um, yeah, good. I, I suppose, you know, you, you look at the longer term picture, I'm a little concerned where the team will go. I think we only have three or four draft picks. Uh, quite a few of this team are getting uh, old, to put it mildly, I suppose. Um, not sure what they're going to do with Cousins. Are they going to extend him for another year? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, ifs and whats and what are they going to do. But uh, we can think about that when they either win the Super Bowl or get knocked out. So it's uh, the Giants at home. Here's an interesting stat for you. Um, Daniel Jones is, I believe, 2-15 and 15 in games that start after 4.25 Eastern. That that made me feel a bit more confident, although I am certainly concerned about the state of the O-line and how they're going to move this ball up and down the field. But I guess we should wait and see what happens. But yeah, a good season so far. Let's hope they can carry on towards the divisional game and, and roll the chips there as well. Anyway, Joey, that's just a quickie. Um, you take it easy. Skull brothers and sisters, let's get a win and let's look forward to the divisional matchup. And I thank you ever so much for that call in, Mad Martin. Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland. Um, unfortunately, again, before the game, and a lot of us thought maybe we'll get to the divisional round. I thought so too, but of course we didn't. Of course, we showed up flat, and I look forward to your call talking about that. Um, <laughs> you know, it just kind of is what it is, right? Um, odds are we wouldn't have won the divisional round, but I guess depends on how locked in we were and all that. Um, but an amazing statistic you brought up that uh, Daniel Jones was 1-15 in 15, uh, in those afternoon games, those like later afternoon games going into this one, and the fact that, you know, the fact that the game went the way it did, it's pretty pretty disappointing. It's just every little thing, you know, like this 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 fell apart, that fell apart, the 11-0, and 0, you know, one score type of situations, of course, right away in the first round, um, all too familiar. It's the Vikings, all too familiar, losing to a quarterback that isn't that great. You know, how many mediocre quarterbacks have the Vikings lost to in the playoffs? Like, you could just go on forever. I'm sorry, Nick Foles was a mediocre quarterback, but he was red hot at the time. And that whole uh, option play thing was working really well. And sure, it heck fooled us. But, hey, they won a championship, though. They didn't just win a single playoff game. I think the Giants only win one. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. They probably will make a nice showing versus the Eagles. So, thank you so much for the call, and we'll hear a lot on Twitter from Mad Martin as well, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Where's this? Yeah, now we're going back, 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 back. Uh, Vince Germano out of Australia, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, retweeted the most recent episode, the episode 392, 13 and 4. A couple of quick uh, things to get to. I'm going to say really quick, kind of like updates regarding the show itself. You notice how it says ep, like episode 392, or episode this, episode that from dating back to, like, about the beginning of November, I believe it was. Um, that's because, yeah, I, I have to have the episode number on the shows from now on with the way things are, because I have to sign a little, you know, have to do, a, you know, like, electronically sign the, uh, the, the ad scripts for each show and then put the time. So it's just, that's how it is. To, and send it to these, uh, you know, these, these companies. That way they know that I actually put the ad in the show. So that's why that's there. Also, the other thing that I didn't mention, I was going to talk about in the second segment, is I do believe I have fixed the uh, audio issue that's randomly popped up. 
late in the or kind of in the middle in the middle of the first segment. It was weird. Like the volume went way down for some reason. The microphone volume went down. I don't know what I did. So who knows? I, I fixed it though. At least it looks. It, it sure sounds like it. I was able to adjust it. It took me a minute to figure out what to do. But yeah, basically, uh, I created a different. <laughs> I opened up another Audacity. Basically, put it in there and then turned the volume up. That's the best way I can do it. Otherwise, everything is together. And yeah, so. I won't get too much into detail and bore you with with that. The Pigskin Podcast Network, again, Vancouver, British Columbia, they also retweeted. Thank you so very much. Phil Mackey says, uh, <laughs> Randy knew all about Brock Purdy, but that's just a tweet that Phil Mackey did. Phil Mackey doesn't tweet me hardly ever. I have to tweet him like 19 times first. Okay, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, Score North is a direction I prefer versus KFAN, generally speaking, but I tend to listen to both to hear what all uh, what everybody has to say. Thank God for being able to listen at a faster uh, pace on podcasts versus live. Mad Martin says, almost time for a first playoff game in three years. O-line has issues. Um, DS, a liability, but a very winnable game. Yep, yep. It, it's a liability, uh, but, but a very winnable game. And sure it was, but we just didn't show up. And Martin says, let's do this. And I said, from white out to purple out. <sighs> Mad Martin says, the O has got to win this. We have the weapons, no excuses. Rush four, and everyone else is 20 yards deep. I could play quarterback against this. Yeah, everyone else is 20 yards deep. Yeah, yep, exactly. That's that's the Donna shell. That's why they call it a shell. And it sucks. It sucks. Um... It's not everybody just trying to make deep plays for Randy Moss. See, that did work in the like the late nineties. It it was able to counter the big plays from Randy Moss. That's how the Falcons countered us, and we didn't take advantage of it. And Moss was unwilling to go up the middle, which was really annoying. Because I don't know, Randy Moss was a flawed player. That's why I would say, as great as he was, he was. That's why I I always have to go with Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was more willing to be gritty at times. Justin Jefferson is more willing to be gritty this and that, and make those plays. So, the Vikings forgot they had Chris Carter and kept forcing, trying to force plays to Randy Moss against those bleeping Falcons. But still fumbling before the first the end of the first half didn't help either. Anyhow, um, Ed Martin says, this is starting to remind me of the 49ers games, or even the Eagles game. We win this, and we get destroyed in California next week. Yep. Yep. Yep, probably. And I think whoever wins today gets destroyed next week by San Francisco or at least beat at the very least. Um, maybe the Bucks put in a great effort. and Maybe that's a perfect place for Tom Brady to say adios amigo. And again, a passing of the torch to an unexpected guy named Brock Purdy, quarterbacking the team that Tom Brady grew up uh, grew up with, watching his hero Joe Montana win four Super Bowls. Again, because Tom Brady grew up in Northern Cal and uh, went to 49ers games when they were the best team in the world <clears throat> and went up against all that tough competition. Mad Martin continues, okay, get a touchdown, go for two, and win by a point. Easy, right? I would have loved that. I would have loved that, but then the offense sputtered. And again, as crappy as the defense was, the offense was crappy, too. It's a total team effort. Um, Special teams was, you know, mediocre. They were okay. At least they didn't give up huge returns. But other than that, you know, (laughs) meh, you know. Um, We didn't didn't get any huge returns either. Mad Martin says, oh, and don't let this D anywhere near the field again. Exactly. Exactly, that's the problem, you know, and they couldn't, they couldn't make a stop. Danae Brown, New Zealand, says, 
the way that defense played, Niners would have put 60 on them. Just a horrific defensive game. And, of course, Cousins reverts to being a coward on the most important play of the day. What a frustrating loss. Clean house on the defensive end of things, please. <laughs> Sick of it. Yep, me too. Yep, the, uh, the, and they do need to clean house on the defensive end of things. Absolutely. Um, Mad Martin responding to today, and yeah, he put both of us in the uh, thing, looks like, which is cool. Uh, Mad Martin says, how bizarre. A team that over the years, its D was never the problem. Ironical, and it became a huge one. And I was saying it's super ironic how things can completely go the other way around, not to mention the fact the offense was so good most of the year and let us down just like last year. So, yeah, it is ironic, all of it. And uh, great tweet. Oh, yeah, I was saying embarrassing. This was the end of my... This is my last kind of tweet of during the game. Embarrassing. This Giants team is not going anywhere after today. Everybody and their mother knows it. Absolutely embarrassing. Those are my final thoughts for today. Yep. So it's just like complete crap. Uh, Mad Martin says, I'm not remotely upset by the loss. This team rode a lady luck all season. That luck ran out today. Can you imagine what the 49ers offense would have done to our D next week? Yeah. Sadly, I can. That, that 60 probably isn't too far off. It might not be at all. And Mark continues saying, no, that would have been embarrassing. A super steeple to 41 donut would have been on the cards. We knew our D was bad. 13 wins was one hell of an achievement, but those one-score games matched the problems on the defense. Yep. Uh, Matt Martin says, all we can... Oh, I'm going to backtrack and come right back to this. I'm going to... Or not backtrack. I'm going to move over to the salaries and everything. Yeah, people that probably should be gone. And, of course, we'll talk about this off and on throughout the postseason and into the State of the Vikings 2023. Kirk Cousins, of course, cap hits 36, $36,250,000 next year. Adam Thielen, just under, literally, just a fraction under $20 million on the cap next year. The guy can't play anymore. Uh, if you bring him back, maybe $3 million or something. Like, I'm not even kidding. He, he can't play. The guy can he, he can't play anymore. Um, so no way in hell he's coming back at that. If he does come back at all, it would be a massive fake cut or adios amigo. Maybe just retire. I don't know. It's crazy how quick things can change. Brian O'Neill, 19.7. He's not going anywhere uh, unless his injury doesn't let him come back. But yeah, he's not going anywhere. Harrison Smith, 19.2. I think is a strong possibility he's done. Zadarius Smith uh, was really good. I mean, really bleeping good until he started having problems with his knee. And then he just, he was just kind of, uh, he was just kind of there. He'd have a couple of moments. He'd, he'd rush the quarterback or he'd create hurries and stuff. And those don't show up on stat sheets necessarily, unless the more complicated ones like pro football focus. But Zedaria Smith didn't impress me that much. Uh, second half of the season or so, or two thirds of the season, whatever the hell it was. Delvin Cook, 14.1. Adios, amigo. Unfortunately, again, you're not saving $19 million when you when you cut Adam Thielen or whatever. You kill it, avoid the cut, whatever. You cut him. Um, you're saving six because the dead cap is 13.5. Brian O'Neill, yeah, we're not we're not going to cut him. <laughs> Harrison Smith, you'd be saving about eight or 7.5. The Darius, you'd be saving a ton, so he's gone. A dead cap of 3.3333334. He's gone. <laughs> That's $12 million off the books if you get rid of Zedarius Smith, unless you really believe you want to keep him. I don't know. If there's a better option, you might as well do that because, I don't know, he looks like he's 90 years old out there sometimes. Okay, no, he doesn't, but he looks past his prime, though. Delvin Cook looks past his prime, and you'd be saving $8 million, just under 8 
if you dump D, DC, Dalvin Cook. Daniil Hunter, he's not going to get cut, and his cap hit is lesser than his dead cap hit. So, wow. <laughs> Daniel Hunter's not getting cut, and I appreciate him. Eric Kendricks, uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Uh, great career, loved what he did here. But when I look at his dead cap versus his cap hit, 11.4 for the regular cap hit, right? Going into 23, dead cap 1.9. There's no way he comes back. Zero chance. TJ Hawkinson, there's no way he doesn't come back. His dead cap and his regular cap are identical at 9.4, basically, just under that. Um, and he's good. He's good. He's not a great player, but he's good. And he's not, but he's not making 20 million, like, uh, or, you know, a uh, 20 million cap hit like Adam Thielen. I'd rather have Hawkinson than Heelan, uh, Thielen at this point. Heelan, right? Jordan Hicks, used, you know, 6.5, 1.5, so you'd save, what, uh, 5? Is my math stupid? Yeah, that's $5 million cap savings if you dump him. Justin Jefferson, 4.1. Yeah, he's done. Justin's done. 4.1? Oh, no, no. Get him out of here. Just kidding. You know, you know I'm kidding, right? <laughs> Darius, uh, his cap hits higher than his, or excuse me, his dead cap. Yeah, well, we're not getting rid of them, so I better just shut my mouth. Rager, I think, is not coming back, but we'll see. He's, he's not good, so we'll move on from that. Um, hopefully Ingram can be better next year. He needs to get better, and he looks so good going into the season, and then was not good. You know, it was like, oh, he's a shoo-in. He's got that right guard job in the bag. What a nice, what a nice turn of events and all that stuff. And we cut the other guy we took last year, uh, you know, in the third round. Um, but the most likely guy's gone. Adam Thielen, number one overall. He's, he is he is never going to be on the Vikings again without a massive pay cut, um, which he might take. He might take a three-year five or six million or something, uh, but he's not coming back. Um, and I... I don't think, nah, he's not coming back at all because of the cap hit. Why would we give him six then? Then we're back where we started, so that'd be stupid. Unless there's a zero cap hit, which I don't think it works that way. <laughs> um, Hicks, he, he just got weaker and weaker as the season progressed. He wasn't that expensive, but he wasn't that good either. Um, is it Darius Smith? The fact that you could save over $12 million in the, in the cap hit, so that's a big difference. So, okay, now that I've gone into off-season mode, we'll get back into all that again at a later day, not too long from now. Sorry about that, uh, Dave Martin. And, yeah, I mean, I had to talk about that, though. I had to, especially defensively. Kendricks uh, has to... Kendricks is gone. He just has to be. He can't play anymore. So, and I... God, I loved him so much for so long. Every year he was in the MVP conversation, for the Vikings, anyway. Um... Mad Martin's continuing, saying, all we can do is hope that the general manager and KOC are the guys that can deliver that world championship. Well, yeah. Uh, certainly, yep, yep. Uh, Mad Martin again says, how bizarre, a team that over the years, it's D was never the problem. Ironical. Okay, already got that. Tom Hayen was making fun of me, saying about how embarrassing the game was. Tom Hayen, locally, and big supporter of Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Hockey Podcast. Yes. No worries, Skull would have surrendered 500-plus yards and 40 points next week at San Francisco. Yep. Yep. And that's the end of Twitter. At Promobby Show, but very active on Twitter. Facebook is insane. And we're going to head there now very slowly because I, I didn't screw it up, but I didn't have it set up. only takes a couple clicks, though, for the most part. Well, maybe 19 clicks. 19 clicks, 20 clicks. Okay, 16, 65 clicks I finally got where I needed to be. Just kidding. Kind of. Um, love the response that uh, Facebook has had all season and how it's 
it really popped this year. It really did. Uh, the Facebook, I just really appreciate all of you. Yeah. Um, some of the new people that have come on board, you know, introduce yourself a little bit. It'd be nice, you know, so, you know, a comment in these sections. Um, where is last week's post? Did I not post it? I didn't post it on Facebook, did I? That's weird. The most recent one was uh, Blizzard of Balls. I didn't post last week's show on there. Okay, well, that's fine. Whatever. <coughs> that is weird. Uh, KJ Osborne's last five catches. When was this posted? Five days ago. So that is in between the last show. Nope. I posted Blizzard of Balls twice. That's the stupidest thing ever. Gosh dang it. That's why. I posted it twice. You dummy. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm going to edit that kind of here on the fly. It takes about five seconds. Hey, you dummy, Joey. <laughs> Gosh. Come on. That's embarrassing. I apologize for that. I must have copied and pasted without, like, editing it first. It's real easy to fix, though, but you shouldn't have to fix it. Come on, man. Boink. There, it's fixed. Stupid. <laughs> okay, I fixed that. Uh, uh, on on-air meeting here with myself, KJ Osborne is definitely like a uh, definitely playing on like a number two wide receiver that the Vikings need. That was uh, Ronald Lashawn Jordan. And thanks, nice to hear from you, Ronald. Coming. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't. I don't need to like bother people looking where they're from. But okay, California. Okay, nice to know. Nice to meet you, Ronald. And there's a. Yep. See there. There's somebody new. Yep, and yes, uh, absolutely, um, that K.J. Osborne's playing like the number two receiver that we need. Yeah, because Adam Thielen's not that anymore. Uh, that's a fact. So, um, how far can this Vikings team go? Vikings territory, Ali Sidikai. Apparently not far. They should have, but they should have at least got to the second round, but I don't know. Mad Martin says, lots of roasted chicken, uh, sea chicken served up in the bay this afternoon. I mean, it was uh, it was well done and very carved up, that's for sure. Mark Carlson says, well, Paladino, Joey, I have the Seattle versus 49ers here on Saturday afternoon. The game is underway at 10-0 Niners, Vikings. So the Vikings cut the Giants down. Man, I don't think they'll take down the 49ers. Really late season Vikings have me questioning everything and adding a lot of doubt. And Yep, well, you are right to be doubting. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get to everything in the end game because this is the biggest stuff ever. And, and some of it's just like one-liner stuff like WTF, so which is totally fine. Don't blame you for writing that. But um, I was saying, let's let's all be honest. This was late in the game, and I wish this could be in chronological order. Maybe there's a setting I could do that that I'm not finding. Um, let's all be honest, though. The offense has been very disappointing today as well, and sadly, I'm not surprised. It's the same bleeping story every bleeping time we're in the postseason. This is pretty much my rant in the first segment. <laughs> if it's the first game, the second, or the third, whatever it is, it always ends in the same underwhelming, bleeping garbage. <clears throat> couple of replies. Mark Carlson said, stupid plays, hand off to Cook, screen to Cook, over and over. Yeah, it was stupid. Dave Hickey. Both of these guys are out of Iowa and Purple Mafia Hall of Famers, of course. Dave Hickey says, I heard that as much as a, as a fan as I am with the new offensive coaching staff, they seem to have a lot of three and outs, and the old defense has to play most of the game. I wore my Harry the Hitman jersey today, the only current Vikings player. Uh, 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 the others I have are Carter, Peterson, Greenway, and Jared Allen. My point is, as much as I love Harry, I don't remember his name mentioned in the game tonight, and once again, 
They got little or no pass rush. Defense wins championships, and the Vikings are old and slow. See, that's the thing. Yep, that's why a lot of those guys got to go. Like, they can't play anymore. <clears throat> Vikings are old and slow, and the defense coach needs to be fired today because he is a horrible coach. I'm a survivor, and the Vikings and Purple Mafia uh, fan, you're in and you're out. Thank you so much, Dave. Yep, very true. That was more of a post-game uh, lament of the, t of the season. Ben McCarthy says, it's like they don't know where to be. I was saying the defense sucks so bad, it doesn't know what planet they're on. Yeah, exactly, though. Uh, Brett McCarthy responded, with defense is the heel this year. Hope they fix it. If we somehow win this game, we will never get past the next round. So true. I was saying how the game will, the show will be released on Tuesday. Nope, uh, change of plan. Uh, the Bucks and Ford, the Bucks and Cowboys game shouldn't dictate my release of this show. So I mean, the Vikings are the the Vikings are the main theme of this show. So, kind of has to go that direction. <sighs> Same time for Ed Donatello to go, along with some Washington players. Absolutely, uh, Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis says fire him before the half. I agree. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, remind myself about something. <laughs> uh, Mike Dill says. I'm so effing tired of watching this defense fail repeatedly over and over and over and over again. Groundhog Day BS. Seeing Daniel Jones running college-level option plays and murdering an alleged NFL defense with them tells you all you need to know about Donatell's schemes. Agree? I was getting mad at the beginning saying, yeah, why is this taking so long? All because of Buffalo-Miami, which, you know, it should have been Buffalo the whole time, but Miami made it close. Josh Mayor Henry out of Colorado says, This is the time of year you really need a strong defense, and that just something. <laughs> and that's that's just something the Vikings don't have. Our secondary gets destroyed even by mediocre quarterbacks. The D line is the strength of the defense right now, but without the back and holding up in coverage, it's hard to get sacks. Hopefully, Smith will be back and healthy for the game today. We definitely have the weapons on uh, on offense to put up big points. Just need the O-line to give Kirk a little bit of time to work. Yeah. Hey, you made a rhyme, right? <laughs> Sorry. When he is heavy under pressure, or under heavy pressure anyway, the mistakes are going to happen. Th this sounds negative, but I'm still holding out hope that we pull it off. Been a great season so far. Let's not end with one and done and make all the haters correct. Well, we're correct, dang it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't mean to be a hater myself. Like, with the haters just, yeah, like all over, you know, the country saying how we're frauds. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, and we, we made them correct or accurate or whatever the word is. Um, Nice-looking uh, item there. Yes, we believe Minnesota Vikings. That's cool from Gerald String coming out of Nebraska. Of course, a Pro Mafia Hall of Famer there. Kevin Previk said, let's go hot socks, huh? Huh, wonder what that means. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado saying, well, nothing looked good on the defensive side on that drive. Let's hope the offense can get the ball moving. WTF, and it continues way too easy. If they do pull this game out, I feel like the 49ers will wipe the floor with his defense and that with Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. But yeah, that Mr. Irrelevant looks like really Mr. Very Relevant, doesn't he? Um, <clears throat> Josh continues saying, just like in the regular season, they look great in the first drive and they can't do anything to follow up. Yes, that's a huge thing. Damon, uh, Damn Jones out there is running like Lamar. Yep. Losing this game will be better than getting totally destroyed and embarrassed next week. Very bad play calling in the last series. Fourth and eight, and you toss a three-yard pass with a defender right next to him. WTF, were you thinking? Yes, let's uh, throw this soundbite in right here, right now. 
What were they thinking? Angry video game nerd. Angry video game nerd, anyway. There are about three or four different versions of him saying that. <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? That's like the loudest one. Um, but <laughs> the reason one was the, yeah, it was a Sega review. It was kind of funny. Sega 32X. Where the, what was what, what kind of marketing was that, Sega? Yeah, we're like, why did they bring that out? It was stupid. Um, Jenny Brown says, <clears throat> do check out video game flashback. Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Parts 1 and 2 so far. Part 3 is coming out next Saturday. Already completed and scheduled to be released Saturday morning. Late Saturday morning, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Super Nintendo. Check out the Video Game Flashback Podcast. Retro gamers out there. Super Nintendo, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Otherwise, I've already released Mega Man 2, uh, Mickey Mouse Campaign, Jaws, DuckTales. You know, some fun games for the Nintendo. Spy Hunter is going to be the next one coming up in a few weeks here. Yeah, Basically already in the in the hopper. Well, partially in the hopper. Um, very easy one to do. But Zelda, that was quite a project. So make it worth my while. Check it out. Share it. All that cool stuff. Um, video game flashback. And follow the Twitter at VGF underscore. Um, what was it again? Now I got to look it up. I am so dumb. I had it. I feel so funny here. There it is. Okay, at VGF underscore podcast. Okay, like video game flashback podcast. That's what it was. I don't know why I didn't have that in my head. So my apologies there. I better get back to where I need to be. Tony Brown, New Zealand says, been, been a while since I felt this anxious about for a game. Would love to see a blowout, but of course they didn't. Yep. Mike Dale, New York State says, all right, gut check time. Will their resilience and positivity results carry over into the playoffs? And of course they didn't. Mark, the time is running low. Brian McCarthy said it's safe to say we're in trouble. Mike Dale says the Giants' offense is just running through its defense like ish through a goose far too soft on that drive. And let's face it, the entire damn season. Yep, I, I threw in the damn part. Sorry. And Mike Dale says old check down Kirk throwing six yards behind the sticks. F this team. Yep, and that was the end of the effing season. Um, Mark Rowan says this is it. No more talking about backfire. This time we fire back. Yep, and that was a cool look of a Viking on a ship pointing at the pointing at you like, uh-huh. I like that. Cedric Paulding says, no way Donatelle returns next year. Amen. <laughs> Cedric Paulding, Mississippi, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Brett McCarthy is as well. A lot of you guys are. <laughs> I probably put too many in, too many people in at the beginning here. So it's like it's like, oh, we're all in. Hell with it. You know? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yeah, but some people are gonna get in this year, of course. At least one or two i got to slow that down a bit, obviously. I've been, you know, but at the beginning, it was people that are on all the time. It's like, they deserve it. Dave Vicky says, no, Mark McCarthy, Brett McCarthy says, in the words of Al Davis, just win, baby. <laughs> and they didn't. Dave, Dave Vicky says, I'm more a little nervous about this one. What well, F was at three and out. Yep. I'm going to, yeah, most of these are just kind of like touchdown and skull and stuff, so. Can't read all of it, otherwise you're going to get bored with me. Denny Brown says, this will be Ed Denatel's last game with the Vikings. I'd say a lot of the defense are playing their last game here, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Remicar, they hope Ed is replaced. Well, yeah, I, I dang hope so, too. Mr. Third Down, TJ Hawkinson, says Dave Hickey. Yep. Mark Carlson showing the Titanic here, or a ship that looks like a Titanic-type thing going down. Um... And that, and that is the end. It is a tell. And, and that is the end, and it is a tell. Because for decades we have been two yards in a cloud of dust or short yardage completion 
Still fitting, we end on a three-yard completion. All too bad because the tools are in the toolbox to go deep and score. So here we are. We could have won that game. Yep. Yep. Uh, Dave Vicky with the doggy there saying, uh, Skull from Millie and Me. That was a cool little doggy hat that says Skull. Cool. Joyce Trudell. Go Vikings. Uh, and ben, ben McCarthy said Ed's defense is crap. So that's the end of the in-game. Let's get to post-game. I don't think there'll be quite as many, but uh, I had to get to most of that because it was pretty good. And the, so the one-liners, I had to kind of, obviously, yeah, you don't need to go on that. Here's the post-game thread. Yep, there's some good ones. Oh, well, they're all good. Let's just be honest. But some are insanely good. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, let's get a rolling. Josh Mayer Henry, Colorado, says, Overall, I'm liking our new head coach. If they make some big changes to the defensive coaches and players, we should be a realistic playoff team next year also. Yep, <clears throat> Leland Albertson says, and I better start clicking on these too. Leland Albertson, Iowa, also says, Last play of the season, fourth in a mile, and you threw three-yard pass. 31-ranked defense, enough said. Yep, yep. Jesse Ball, Jesse Ball, welcome back. Says, Kirk Cousins will never lead a team to a Super Bowl. I don't think so either. <clears throat> we'll come back with uh, Mike Dale. Yep, we, we, you know, I usually save that one for last. Mark Carlson, maybe the second last there. Dylan Richardson mentioned, cool. <clears throat> Lance, let me look at this real quick. Lance, Ray Ricks, hopefully I'm uh, from Lakefield, Minnesota. Nice to meet you, Lance. He says, uh, newspaper headlines should all read, Minnesota Vikings got beat by having no defense. Exactly. Yep, that's a good one. Yep. <laughs> Jerry Hicks, St. Louis, says, bummed out if if it didn't happen this week. It certainly would have next week. Quarterbacks have career days against the Vikings all year. Yeah, all year. All year. Yankee William out of Brooklyn Center, if he's still in that city, I believe he is, says, the Monday headline should read, the Vikings have parted ways with Ed Donatel. Yep, yep, and I, I'm going to check on that real quick, too, here. Brett McCarthy says it was a great season. Offense was fun to watch, but hope. I mean, but from day one, the defense was a question mark. Hope they fix it. See you all next season. And it's unfortunate. I think a lot of things are going to really. Yeah, they always. A lot of things tend to dry up as we head into the, um, <clears throat> the just the regular playoffs now without the Vikings involved. Um, I hope some of you guys comment on these. Uh, you know, the playoffs. I'll have a divisional round uh, in-game thread. Well, just an overall divisional round thread. It's in and post. It's everything. It's just a single thread from here on. Um, for the divisional round, then the uh, championship Sunday and the Super Bowl one. So, and of course, we can comment maybe, I'll, and of course, I'll probably post as news comes up, like Donatello's gone or whatever, uh, and other things that could happen. You never know. Anything could happen. It's the NFL, folks. Dave Vicky says, one and done once again. We have the officials working against us. Imagine, imagine that, but that's no excuse. The defense gave up too much, just like all season, but they didn't make a change. We needed to bring back uh, Jack Del Rio. We need to bring back Jack Del Rio, yep, to be defensive coordinator, maybe, huh? Donatel cost us a season, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. So we'll now get to Mark Carlson's comment and wrap things up with Mike Dale. Mark Carlson says, here lies the end of the season, ended by the Giants, and the Vikings had the ball. The upper, They had opportunity. Time was a factor. It was fourth down. Why a three-yard pass? Honestly, the Vikings defense has some blame here, too. Well, obviously, plenty of crappy or shitty coverage. Shitty coverage, because I already had an F-bomb on here, so <laughs> at least uh, the other player, or uh, excuse me, the manager of the Twins. 
commenting on the Vikings defense. Yeah, that that's what that was, by the way. Yep. <laughs> and who <laughs> who lets the quarterback just run with the ball after the uh, play after play? Yeah. And and I had to endure a bunch of really crappy commercials too. Yeah, it's really tough. I don't watch halftime shows anymore. I, I, I refuse to. It's all just a bunch of, well, check out Freedom of Thought, but it's not a happy thing. It's not a happy thing. It's, <laughs> no, Mark knows where I'm going. It's, it's not, it's, things just haven't been heading in the right direction for a, at least a few years, right? <laughs> um, I don't want half, I don't watch halftime shows anymore. And if the league wants people to stay tuned at halftime, they would get some real talent. And if that were not possible, at least do not advise the crud they'll be showing at the Super Bowl halftime. Mm -hmm. That lady looks like she's ready for Halloween. <laughs> no pointy witch hat needed. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not impressed by any of those people either. I'm really not. Just the whole, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever was around back in the day, it's just not the same. And this is for all people of all shapes and sizes. It's just, it's, we're, we're not headed in the right direction. <laughs> Anybody that thinks we are, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> so I strongly agree with that. Um, now I'm sorry for our Purple Mafia show fans who love, uh, who live overseas and made a big effort to catch the game, staying up late or rising early or whatever. Yeah, I feel for you guys too. Man, Martin's definitely one of those. Uh, today, yep, way off in New Zealand. Yeah, think about that. I hope there are some call-ins this episode. And lastly, I have always enjoyed following and listening to the Purple Mafia show through the playoffs. Thank you. See, that's really nice to know. I really enjoyed it when Dylan Richardson would co-host and comment on the games. That was special. School, everyone. Mark from Iowa. Yeah, and that yeah, I should get Dylan Richardson on again. I bet he would. I, I bet he would. And God, I miss having him on. And, and talking about the postseason, weren't those fun? Weren't those fun? Yeah, we had it. It was like years ago. I think that one year I went undefeated, right? I think it was 2014 when the Patriots beat the Seahawks. I could have made a lot of money. <laughs> maybe. But maybe maybe those teams weren't covering the point spread, though. I don't know. But I could have possibly made a ton of money, even if just in general, like, you know, you get a perfect... Say, if somebody ever got a perfect NCAA draft, they'd be like a billionaire, you know? NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament, pardon me. But a perfect NFL playoffs, that's got to be worth something, right? Because it happened in the 2014 season where the, uh, again, the 49ers beat the Seahawks. Wrap things up with Mike Dale out of the state of New York says, fire Ed Donatel tomorrow. I put this loss squarely on him. That defense made Daniel Jones look immortal. Yeah, we did. Again, <laughs> again, right? <laughs> Just that Christmas Eve. When an NFL team runs college play options, or co college option plays, or a quarterback uh, keeper sweeps, and the defense can't dial up a plan to stop him, you're, then you're clueless as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, because it just felt like we just, it was just constant. You weren't ready. Like, in, you know, even in, uh, even in Tecmo football, they catch on. Even even just in, a, in an old Nintendo game, you keep running the ball, running the ball this way, that way. All of a sudden, it's like, you know, eight men in a box, boom, you know, and you're down, you know, like three yards loss, whatever. And that's what should have happened on a couple times. But they were playing Tecmo Bowl against us, and it was, they were laughing, basically. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> uh, don't show this. ESPN, no, don't show it. Please don't show it. Yeah, it's the Vikings and Giants. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Touchdown, New York. Oh, let's go. Okay, anyhow. I got to get back. 
and I am really sorry. I'm really sorry, Mike. I'm spoiling what you're saying here. I'm going to back up. When an NFL team runs college option plays or quarterback keeper sweeps and the defense can't dial up a plan to stop him, then you're clueless as a defensive coordinator. Let that sink in. They were running college football plays. He and his clueless schemes being Donatel basically ruined this season. I'm sick to the back of my teeth watching this defense stink up every joint they play in. There's going to be a big clear-out this offseason, I expect. I expect players like Thielen, Cook, uh, Zedarius, and Harry uh, Smith gone, uh, K- Kendricks, Hicks, Peterson, etc., who clearly who are clearly past it. I agree. I agree. I think every one of those guys is gone, or should I say, like, you know, like five out of six type of thing. Yeah, it's going to be a real high number. The only guy they might bring back out of that group might be Smith, uh, Harrison, but I, I, I don't know, probably not. Peterson, I don't think so. I don't think so unless he takes a pay cut. Um, to be uh, clearly passed, so they should be either taking pay cuts, restructured contracts, and have not shown the door. Yeah, maybe a restructured, uh, like cheaper ones with like Harrison and maybe, maybe Peterson because he's the captain on defense, just like Harrison Smith. But maybe that doesn't matter. Give someone else a chance, I guess. I don't know. Um, also... Also, as shown in the past, Kirk doesn't have it. When the playoffs come around, I would attempt to take a quarterback in this year's draft. Please, yes, I agree. If a decent one is available at the opportune moment, it's uh, yep, yeah, it's going to be one busy offseason for sure, and Quasey will have his work cut out for him. Uh-huh. Offense wasn't too bad, however. Uh, wasn't too bad. However, I'm concerned that Justin Jefferson pretty much disappeared as the game progressed. A guy that that talented can't let that happen in the playoffs and simply go missing. There were a handful of games, especially in the latter part of the season, where he drifted away. I'm sure he was double-covered, but that just can't happen during the biggest game of the season as well as the uh, player's first-ever playoff game. I hope this isn't something that will follow him around for most of his career in the playoffs. Fran Award, TJ Hawkinson. I agree. That's what I gave it to. Christian Ponder Memorial. Could be any defender, maybe save for Duke Shelley or Daniel Hunter. Yep. That said, I'm hoping this award squarely around the neck of Dunce Cap Donatello. Yep, yeah, why we think alike, don't you? Yep, and I said generally the coaching, too. It was Donatello and even O'Connell, believe it or not. And Yep, so, I mean, <laughs> all too familiar, right? Hopefully in his final appearance on the sidelines of the Minnesota Vikings, college plays, and you couldn't stop them. Yes, yep. Sad, sad, disappointing end to an entertaining season. But the silver lining is that we know exactly where the Vikings' strength, uh, strengths, and deficiency lies. Deficiencies lie. The fact that they won so many close games over the course of the season, which I think we knew in the back of our minds, were simply papering over some of our proverbial cracks. That said, I'm still high on Kevin O'Connell. I believe in his system and overall direction of the team. He has them moving in. He's rekindled my faith and now needs to look to strengthening the defensive side of the ball, starting with the new defensive coordinator. Tough, hard decisions ahead with some fan favorites, but they need to be made. Let's hope Quasi and KOC have the stomach to make the big decisions. Skull. Um, and the good part is they didn't draft any of those guys. Or if, it's, if it's Spielman, it, was definitely, it would be definitely harder on him. So they're not as attached, per se. They're not the free agent pickup of the decade like Adam Thielen. You know, well, something like that. Maybe not the decade, but one of them. One of the best free agent pickups of the decade. For the Vikings, he probably was. Um, so Saturday at 7.15 Central, Giants at the Eagles. Cool. 
And I'm going to say it again. Go Giants. I don't want the Eagles to win. I don't like the Eagles at all. I just don't. Ugh. Don't like them at all. Um, awesome show, guys. Really, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the loyalty. And Mark Carlson, you're unbelievable. Mike Dale, you're unbelievable. Mad Martin. I mean, you guys just, oh, oh, you know, and so many of you out there, you know, it's so nice to see Josh Mayer Henry again, you know, because sometimes he's disappeared and come back, disappeared, but still, he's phenomenal. That's why, you know, that's why I recognize him and his brother, uh, Justin, so many times in the past and currently whenever they do post on there. I really appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Jerry Hicks for many years, you know, coming in out of St. Louis. Um, so really appreciate you guys. Tony Brown, my goodness, New Zealand, legendary. Um, yeah, one of the coolest people in the world, honestly. Um, I <laughs> just love you guys. Malcolm McSween, um, yeah, out of California. Oh, just, you know, one of the coolest people as well. You know, I no doubt about it. So that that's the what's that's what makes Purple Mafia enjoyable is you guys. You guys make it enjoyable, and always that hope. There's always that other hope that somehow, some way, somehow, some way, this team will end the drought one day. But we're stuck with the old uh, before we before we die when it comes to those uh, that Pilsner or is it a lager? I guess it's kind of the same thing. Pilsner beer coming from uh, Surly before we die. Yeah, I probably should have had that last night because yeah, I want a Super Bowl before we die. <laughs> but probably have at least one of those this week. I keep putting that beer off because I'm not you know I like stuff with a little more going on than like Pilsners and lagers. You know the kind of golden beers. You know I like stuff you know like stouts and you know. Stouts and IPAs and porters, you know, I like those kind of beers. IPAs is probably my top thing, but about porters and stouts as well. Um, now that I've babbled enough about that, thank you all again so freaking much. Uh, I'll pass out the stars here before hell freezes over and move on, right? <laughs> Gold star of this episode? Oh, man. I mean, I have to give it to three people, and I hope you guys don't mind that I'm doing that. I really hope you don't. But I, I have to, because, I mean, just incredible, you know. Um, <laughs> God. And I always feel bad, you know. It seems like, you know, I, I could give it to five or six people in every show. But, you know, I'm going to give it to three three for now. And this one, just, just you guys are so unbelievable, you know. Uh, Mad Martin, Mark Carlson, Mike Dale, you guys all get the gold. You guys all get the gold, all of you. Um like a gold-plated silver, Dave Hickey, just incredible. Gold-plated silver, Tanae Brown. Bronze, you know, silver-plated, gold-plated bronze, Brett McCarthy, Josh Mayer Henry. I mean, you guys, just unbelievable. Jerry Hicks, I just, I love you so much. You know, I love you guys so much. So I don't want to turn into the old Philadelphia, uh, I don't want to turn into Dick Vermeil here. I love you guys. <laughs> you know, I don't want to turn into that guy, but it is kind of like that in a way, without being overly emotional. Because, you know, I mean... In regular life, I'm not the most popular guy in the world. I'm I'm really not, you know. So <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of a I don't know. I'm kind of a lone ranger in the real world in a lot of ways. So it's really nice to hear from you guys. Um, it's just you know nice to hear from you guys and the the, the recognition to give this show and the appreciation and the, the 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 and how we go through all these ups and downs every year. I mean, I've known some of you for over a decade already. Um, I wish Brent Jacobson would post again. I miss him a lot. You know, he's like, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, man. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I hope I didn't uh, annoy him somehow. I don't think so. Maybe he listens still, but doesn't post on there. I mean, but I think but I think he was working the game, so he couldn't, right? That's probably why. 
That's probably why. It's working the game. So, yep, he does security during the games. Yep, so to make some, some uh, extra extra green or cheese, as Vince Germano would call it, coming in out of Aussie. <laughs> yep, so thank you guys again. And, well, we'll continue through the playoffs. It's a tradition I'm going to continue forever and ever and ever, as long as I'm doing Pro Mafia, which odds are, Whatever happens in this world, whatever happens to me, I'm going to probably do this the rest of my life as long as I'm allowed to do it. I probably will, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day I'll just say I'm sick of doing it and, re- and resign. But I would feel a tug in my heart. Like, I can't I can't step away. Uh, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in, right? <laughs> it's kind of like that. But uh, not, not in a negative way like uh, Michael Corleone. Because uh, I think he was sick and tired of the, all the killing and all that. That's, he wanted to be out of it. And they just wouldn't let him. They kept messing with him and killing people around him. So he's like, okay, I have to get back in. So that was other mafia groups. Anyhow, why did I get into that? Because it's a mafia show. Every time I think I'm out. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in, right? (laughs) With that said, have a great week. We'll be back to talk about the divisional round and do your bets on DraftKings and all that cool stuff. And I'm sure we'll have a new script ready to go for the... uh, Championship Sunday and Super Bowl and all that cute stuff. Until then, take care and uh, yeah, school. Uh, go 49ers, go Bengals, go Bills. Mm-hmm.